Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast, Bampocalypse Now. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watched Tonight and joining me from across the pond, it's a statesman to my kingsman, it's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, my friend? Pretty good, Matt. How are you doing today? Uh, really well. We've had like unseasonably hot weather over here in the United Kingdom. It's May, it's summer, it's hot. It doesn't make sense. It's been wonderful. But uh, it's also been means that uh, the fans have come down because I don't have aircon in my in my abode. But yeah, I'm doing well, man. Catching up on films where I can. But um, yeah, looking forward to doing this one. How are you? I am doing pretty well. It's uh, been it's rained the last couple of days. We've had some like severe thunderstorm type stuff happening. Nothing nothing too bad. No, normal Florida like at beginning of summer. A little scared of the hurricane potential this year. Uh, they're they're saying it's going to be quite a bit. Um, which is not something I want to go through uh, with the pandemic going on. Um, it's already hard enough to go like shopping right now, uh, much less if like suddenly people are buying hurricane supplies. So hopefully uh, that will not be what's predicted, or at least if they do keep popping up, they'll just kind of venture off up to the Arctic or something, you know. But um, but yeah, it's hot here, but we have air conditioning because otherwise, I think most of us would die. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, my my impression of Florida, I've been there once, like I say, when I was like five. My impression is that it is always hot in Florida, except when it bloody rains. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we we get uh, we get like a, a maybe a month of a cold front, um, and a couple of weeks ago it got unseasonably cold, uh, and then now it's but now it's like in the nineties, so it's 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 normal. Um, Not a bad problem to have, is it? Nah, it's all right. It, you know, it it does get hot, but uh, I'm I'm in better shape now, so being outside isn't as in, intolerable as it once was, but. Well, maybe you can give me some of your tips because I could really do them. But um, Bampocalypse Now, this is what we're doing. It's our little mini series, which we, which is ongoing and has now been going for uh, 16 episodes. And this is the 17th. And if you're new to the show, we, we basically pick a film which we feel lends uh, a hand to what's going on currently in the world. We don't poke fun at the pandemic because, let's face it, it's not funny. But we are watching films that are centering around isolation, pandemic quarantine or post-apocalyptic uh, landscapes and for episode 17 we're going back nearly 30 years to 1991 for Delicatessen. Delicatessen, Rotten Tomatoes gives it 89, Metascore, oh, a pretty decent 66. Now the budget in, fr- in French francs, that old defunct currency, 24 million franc budget which in today's terms is 4 million euros so we kind of worked it out as maybe it's about 1 or 2 million euros back then. Worldwide box office in dollars, $1.794 million. Again, we worked it out that we think it's come under budget in terms of its takings. But it's directed by the pair of Marc Caro and Jean-Pierre Jeunet, written by Marc Caro and Jean-Pierre Jeunet as well. And it stars Jean-Claude Dreyfus, uh, Marie-Laure Daniac, Dominique Pignon and Pascal Benizek. And like me in the UK, if you want to watch it, you're going to have to buy it or rent it. It's on the stream of services for a very small fee. Uh, and over in the States, my friend? Same as of right now it is buy only. However, it's on sale on like all the platforms for like five bucks. So now's the time to snag it because um, it's like a dollar more to just buy it than it would be to rent. So That's five bucks, what, three pounds. So it's not so bad. So Delicatessen is a post-apocalyptic black comedy. And before I go any further, 
I've got to say, actually, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Unlike the main, the main BAMP show where we uh, we tiptoe around spoilers as much as possible, in these uh, BAMPocalypse Now episodes, we will go into spoilers, or at least there's a high chance we will do. Uh, so it's a slightly different format. So if you haven't seen Delicatessen, 99 minutes long, go check it out. Come back and listen. So it's a post-apocalyptic black comedy. And basically, Clapet, or Jean-Claude Dreyfus character, he's a butcher who carves up humans for meat. Basically, humans come to this apartment in a post-apocalyptic uh, France under the pretense of employment. Uh, an out-of-work clown called Louison, who's played by um, Jeune regular Dominic Pinon. He turns up and strikes up a relationship with uh, Clapet's daughter, Julie, and she tries to warn Louison about the plot. And then she eventually enlists these vegetarians called the Troglodists that live in the sewers below to free him. They're vegetarian rebels. Yep. Uh, so in terms of the film, it's got it's it's got that distinctive visual style that Jeanne has carried through a lot of his films, certainly around that time anyway. City of Lost Children and to an extent Alien Resurrection had some of those visuals in it. And well, also, Amelie, for sure. Yeah, and then, and then Amelie, yeah, goes maybe, to Amelie. Yeah. Yeah. Um so what did I think about Delicatessen? Um before I go any further, I thought it was bonkers, I thought it was grotesque macabre and every other similar adjective but to me i just thought it was all right i wasn't overly enamored by this film it's no wonder terry gilliam like loves this film because it is like years a couple of years earlier you get brazil a few years later you get delicatessen the two have some sort of like weird relationship to me um the comedy was fine at times it got a bit slapstick sometimes which i didn't really didn't really vibe with me too much um the characters are fine i wasn't wholly wholly invested in them. The romance is nice between Louison and Julie. But again, I wasn't entirely invested, but I did think there were some nice moments with them. Uh, as for the other characters, there's a snail collector and there's a lady who tries so very hard to commit suicide, um, but fails each time. But then they, those scenes are hilarious, if I can say so. When she's trying but failing to you know, off herself, for want of a better term, they are very funny and very well done. Um, the, there's a there's a there's a scene where um, Claude Clapet is making love to his his missus and it turns into a bonkers mass dance which goes on for a bit too long. It's really surreal. It felt a bit too busy at times for me. If you like, it will work for those of a certain taste for a certain type of cinema. We said this about Brazil. If you like Terry Gilliam in his style or an Al Janay for the most part, you're probably going to like this. I like. Lost City of Children, and I really, really like Amelie, and Alien Resurrection was a film. But as for this, it it just didn't fully fully work for me. The ending didn't land, because I think it was quite open-ended. Uh, I think they could have knocked off ten minutes to maybe keep things a little bit more focused, a bit more concise. When it gets going, it's pretty good, but it starts a little bit slow and a little bit clunky for me. But when it does get going... You know, it's it's entertaining enough. So I'm not going to go out on a whim and say this film's bad because it's not. Oh, it's entertained by this film. But I think maybe I expected more because of who was attached to it. Like Jeanet, um, I know you're a fan of him and his style, but I maybe I think I just expected a little bit more and was just a bit uh, um, sort of blindsided by what I got because I'm not always the biggest fan of these kind of films, like the, like the kind of like the macabre, grotesque type films like this. But it wasn't offensive. It wasn't awful. Um, but I just found it was pretty good. But um, I'm interested to see what you think about this, JB. Uh, this is my my second viewing. You was this first or second for you? This was sorry. This is my first viewing. Yeah. Okay. So we did. Uh, we covered this on Movie Club um, 
I want to say like two years ago. And uh, I had already seen Amelie when I, when I came to Delicatessen. Um, I do want to say uh, we, you mentioned in the plot that the, they, it's a cannibalistic society. Essentially, this is a very tame cannibal movie. Like there is no scene of a, like there's no clear scene of like a person being eaten or anything. It's all, off screen, isn't it? it's all yeah. It's implied. You, you, you like even the, the, the killing that you see on screen, I think they cut away from, like, I don't feel like this movie is grotesque visually. The premise yeah, is yeah, grotesque. Yeah. And I, I just in case like our listeners are maybe squeamish and they're like, oh, I can't watch that. It's not like it's not like Bone Tomahawk or Raw or anything like that would come near like no, Green well, Inferno. Like, more of a more of a in got kind of hand in hand with like that kind of macabre Tim Burton for grown ups kind of grotesque like um um gothic type uh, visuals, yeah, but not as in like actual People right. getting hacked and slashed and in gore. Genoa does have a, a, a. I love his color palette. He he really likes greens and reds, and um, mm. there's always a kind of like a grease look to the, the 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 film as a whole. Like there's something like it's not crisp and clear, but it's vibrant at the same time, and um, it's not smudgy. Like I don't know how to, to describe it perfectly, but that's it, it carries over in his three non-alien films um that there's also mig which i've not seen but it just from the image on the on the box art it looks like it's in that same style uh aesthetically and i think there's a little bit of that aesthetic in resurrection but not at all and the fact that joss whedon is attached to that as well is just what makes that movie so mind-boggling that it's so bad but um i am a big fan of genoa i love this movie i actually liked it even more this viewing uh than the first time um, there were a lot of little details in the plot that I had forgotten. Like I love that um, one. I think Dominique Pignon is is terrific. Uh, he is a really really good. Kind of reminds me of a silent era actor in in his physicality. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the things that really stands out. Or my favorite scenes in this movie are just him doing things. Um, like you mentioned the scene, uh, the sex scene where the squeaking of the bed becomes the, like the metronome for the rest of the building. And everyone is trying to distract themselves from what they're hearing by doing their own activities at the same rate in which the squeaking is happening. And <laughs> I love the, uh, the orchestra of the apartment. I love what it represents and how it's done on screen. I think it's just, is just fantastic. Um, but then that squeak comes back to, to play because she ha- she brings the maintenance man, Dominique Pignon, in to fix the squeak. And there's this like very cute moment where they're sitting on the bed and they're bouncing the bed to try to find where the squeak is. And they're like leaning and dancing again. It's a very silent era-esque performance, you know, something that you would think of Chaplin um, more so than what you would get from a 1991 film. And then um, even him playing the saw with Julie, uh, Julia or Juliet, Julia whatever it is playing her um, cello. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a cello. Um, forgive me for not knowing the difference between the, uh, the two upright instruments. Um, Don't ask me either. As but, far as I know, it's an oboe for as I know. There you go. And I, I, I just, I enjoy those scenes so much. Um, him being a, a former clown and the reason why he stopped being a clown, why he himself is a vegetarian because his partner who was an ape uh, was killed by a bunch of hungry people. Cause this is a dystopian world that we're living in. And we don't see, much of the world outside of this apartment building and in the sewers below it. Um, But there's all these government conspiracy theories that I thought were very apropos of what's going on right now. There's so many people who are doubting what the government's saying, who are questioning the papers um, that built into this. And that's one of the things why the series to me of the Bantpocalypse now 
is so interesting is that all of these films have either predicted in some capacity how humanity would react in mm-hmm. a cultural pandemic or apocalyptic type scenario um, in ways that are frightening or we are – it brings to the age-old question is is – art mirroring reality or is reality mirroring art and it's hard to know because this for us this is our first pandemic but it's not the first pandemic in history um by any means you know we had the spanish flu almost exactly 100 years ago and then we had obviously the uh, the bubonic plague for the dark ages and things of that nature that you know we have stories and stuff that you can pull from and, and extrapolate the the reactions that we might have um and so you know i think a lot of filmmakers are good readers of people and of humanity uh, or at least how they perceive humanity. And maybe I, that's where I come in. But um, Genoa definitely uh, both in this movie and the, the city of lost children very much taps into that dystopian mindset. And I do see that the Terry and Gil- Terry Gilliam um, influence, uh, which I didn't prior to you pointing it out, but I do see that now um, something maybe with the, the French aesthetic just clicks for me a little more um, than, than Gilliam's uh d- humor for some reason like i i really I like Holy Grail, but this i don't know uh my grandma was a big jerry lewis fan when i was a kid mm-hmm. she used to volunteer for the jerry lewis telethon so like our local area she like ran like the phone center and stuff mm-hmm. when i was like super young and so i don't know if i because i i'm bringing this up because i know that the french have always loved jerry lewis and i i'm not like i haven't seen a lot of his movies i saw a few as a kid and i i was very familiar with him as a person more so than an actor um, because of the the connection to the telethon um but uh maybe that that comedic styling works for me because i love amelie amelie is i mean uh stylistically i feel like it influences edgar wright more than edgar wright has ever said in, in any interview i've ever read but i just really feel like a lot of the the swipes and the editing and the style of of um kind of like the manic cuts that you get in uh Amelie, where like you're jumping around quite a bit, you get a little bit of that here. Um, I think you see a, a a little more in City of Lost Children, but um, I I don't know. There's something with this film that I just think uh, it's it's quirky, um, you know, in an area that normally isn't right. Like this, like you said, it's macabre. It's dealing with dark topics, um, yet there's this kind of air of lightness uh, that is brought. The the scene with the bubbles, another great example of Pinion doing that silent era acting he's not speaking but he's you know he's making big bubbles and he's blowing smoke into the bubble and there's the kids are enraptured in this this magical uh clown figure Mm -hmm. and um i I love that scene like i I, even to me um something i don't always care about but the opening title cards um and how they 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 give us all of the the names and it's like all the different items um i'm trying i don't i watched this two weeks ago in preparation for recording but um I can't remember what all the items were, but they like, th- we were like moving through like a scene really tight. And I really enjoyed the the way it looked. Um, I, I just, I think there's a lot in this film to really in, embrace and enjoy. And for, a, I, I believe a first feature for Genoa, it was, um, yeah. it, it's very, very impressive um, with his storytelling and whatnot. I mean, he'd done a few shorts before, but um, which a lot of filmmakers fall into that same pattern. But um you know, he hasn't done a lot of films because he get 91 here, 95 for Lost Children, uh, Resurrection is 97. Then he doesn't mm-hmm. do Amelie till 2001. Um, and then Micmacs was his last feature. And it looks like he's got Big Bug in production, but that maybe is not in production. Anymore. Oh, well, I guess the young. 
Oh, interesting. I believe it is. Isn't it? Uh, yeah. There is a young and prodigious T.S. Spivet uh, I've not heard of. Doesn't have great reviews. Oh, Helen and Bottom Carter is in it. But, um, and, you know, I, and of course, his regular Dominique is in all of his films. Yes. Um, in varying degrees. Uh, he's much more prominent in this one. I would say he's the lead in this film uh, with maybe you could argue Juliet being a co-lead um, or Julie, excuse me. I keep changing her. Name. Um, but, and I, I also, you mentioned the love story. I really enjoy the love story. I think their scene with dinner is very sweet and even her rehearsing. Cause she's, uh, she doesn't want to wear her glasses. And so she takes her glasses off and she's trying to like memorize where things are so she can not wear her glasses during the, the tea and, and biscuits. Um, and then he sits in the wrong seat. So it completely throws her off and, uh, his reaction again, very silent era, Buster Keaton like performance now with um, her pouring the tea and him like moving the cup and trying to like keep everything uh, going smoothly. Um, and only to find out that she, she drugged him basically gave him like sleepy time tea. Uh, just, I love that whole sequence. I think it's great. Um, I don't know. I, I think this movie's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's, it goes into when it gets to the end, it is like this crazy action sequence where the, the butcher is trying to kill him um and like the rest of the the community they're all hungry so they're all trying to kill him as mm-hmm. well um, yeah it, it's it's it gets pretty crazy and how the, everything kind of devolves and falls apart um all in the name of love essentially because that's the big difference here is that she she's fond of him and doesn't want him to be killed um which is the the you got to wonder if he was a little uglier if she would have cared you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> there, there is that unfortunately yeah but maybe it's that french charm but yeah um i i just i i really enjoy this film i think um given the nature of it it is light-hearted and um hopeful in a in a weird way you know that even among this like group of crazy people that there's there's hope that can come from it um and now that the butcher's gone, you got to wonder: Will they all turn into vegetarians? You know, uh, it's a big win for the vegetarians out there. Mm-hmm. And I think there's stuff to be interpreted from the film too, like with that, you know, with the idea of like del- uh, vegetarians and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I, I think there's a, a, visually it's a very arresting film, and I agree with you actually that I could watch. I would prefer to watch Janae's style of filmmaking than Terry Gilliam, just because there's something. I don't know the uh, European. I know obviously Gilliam is one, but these European filmmakers just have a way of creating these sort of vibrant, warm, lived-in, um, grimy yet still kind of like oddly beautiful um, settings for their films. And I love French cinema. I do, especially uh, I, I've got I've got some over there on my DVD rack. Not to sound like a hipster, but I do enjoy French cinema, so um, I can appreciate obviously the craft that's gone into it. And again, yeah, I think, I think Pignon is, he's affable in his role. I think he's very good. He's the best um, performer in there. And Dreyfus, uh, Jean-Claude Dreyfus is going to pet the butcher. He's mm-hmm. ghoulish. You know, he's, you know, he's very over the top. He's very chilling. Yeah. Well. Um, just the way he's like, his facial movements and the way, just the way he is, the way he acts is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, I could say it's that macabre. I keep using that word, but it's also at the same time terrifying as well, because if you're in, if you're hiding in a bin, and you see that guy raise a butcher's knife and whilst grinning at you. Yep, I'm out. I'll just put put the thing through my head and, and finish me off. But uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with what you're saying for the most part. I, I didn't dislike the film. I, I maybe I just expected more because it's a film I've heard a lot about. It's a, it's a film that's got a lot of um, praise, 
um, and a lot of respect because it's Jeunet's first film and it's got a lot of accolades uh, along with that. So maybe I just expected more, uh, especially since I enjoyed The City of Lost Children. I really, really like MLA as well. And Alien Resurrection is a film. But um, I, I there was no scene of a helicopter in a airplane playing chicken, so loses a few points there. And I'm not sure how that would have fit into the overall story. But no, I, did, I didn't dislike the film. I, I do think they could have shaved a little bit of time off just for me personally, just to make it a little bit tighter, and I will say some of the visuals, like sorry, like the troglodytes and that in the in the sewers. I mean, I don't know. It some when it gets too out there for me, sometimes I can switch off and just think, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, you know, didn't we, I just watch it and think, right, I'm not actually enjoying this part. Therefore, it's affecting how I see the film. But um, it wasn't. It, I, I I would recommend this film though. Yeah, uh, I think. Th- I'd like to point out the the movie's only an hour and 34 minutes. So like it is pretty tight as it is, but I do think like, I think the whole uh, sub villain of the mailman is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. There's a bit in the middle. Yeah. They could have cut. Yeah. Just because it, it is, there's already a big bad. You don't need a sub bad. Like, you know, um, the butcher's evil enough. We don't need a, the mm-hmm. whole mailman arc. Um, but I, I, I like a lot of the visuals and I, I, I don't check out with the troglodytes. Um, I find them like it is cartoonish. Uh, I won't deny that, but I, I guess I enjoy that uh, in this, in this film. I don't always, but in this particular work, I, I do think it, it works for me, but I can see why it doesn't for others. So. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what people who really don't like this film, why they don't like it. Or is it just because of like, like if it was because of the different meshing of tones or because it was just too, a bit too bonkers. But I'd love to hear from somebody who you know, gen- genuinely just doesn't like the film. Whereas JB, you seem to quite enjoy this. I liked it, but I'd love to hear from someone who really just thought this was rubbish because I don't think it was. And I'm again, I can I can see arguments as to why people would say, "Look, it's just you know, it's it's art house, it's film school uh, one hundred and one." But I think there's more to it than that. And I I had a good time with this film. But uh, John, have you got any more to say about Delicatessen? I think that's that covers it. I think it does. So um, two recommendations, one slightly higher than the other. But if you haven't seen Delicatessen, by all means, go go and check it out. But that is episode 17 of the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, Apocalypse Now. Uh, so, John, thank you very much for coming on again. If the world wants to find you online, and they should do, where can they? They can find me on all social media, at Burke Reviews, and same, BurkeReviews.com for all my reviews. Uh, you can find me, WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk, and same, WhatIWatchTonight, Twitter, Instagram, and on Letterboxd. And I believe John is Burke Reviews on Letterboxd. Is that correct? Correct. Yep, so find JB on there. If you like what you hear, please do consider leaving us a good review on your podcast platform of choice because it helps the show grow, gets more listeners, more engagement. And John and myself, we we love nothing more than hearing from you guys and chatting with you guys about the one thing we all love, film. Good, bad or ugly, we just enjoy talking about film. So if you do have a spare 30 seconds, we would we would really appreciate that, guys. But we just appreciate you listening anyway. However, until our next episode, from me... It's see ya, stay safe, and keep it bloody awesome. And from John, keep watching movies. Blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody.